Hello and welcome to The Path. I am your host, Luke Hastings. And today we are on part two of the Red Pill episode. So the Red Pill episode is talking about Red Pill teachings. What are they? Where do they come from? What's the good, the bad, the ugly? And what's the ultimate solution? So again, today is part two and we're talking about basically number five through nine, so five, six, seven, eight, nine of the Red Pill teachings that I identified. And then we're wrapping up with the real solution for guys moving forward. Hope you guys enjoy and let's get into it. Number five is this idea of the wall, okay? The idea behind the wall is that women will hit a certain age where the beauty starts going down and the age just keeps going up. So you're losing fertility, you're losing beauty, sexual attractiveness, and you're not getting any younger. And she wakes up one day when she hits the wall and she realizes, okay, instead of prioritizing Chad, who makes me feel some kind of way, I have to start looking for Cody's. Because again, a broken base nature woman doesn't understand that there's good men out there that are kind of these Chad Cody hybrids. And she doesn't, and if she does know it, then she doesn't think she can attract one. She thinks they're too hard to find. And so she hits the wall. And so all of a sudden she starts giving the friend zone guys a chance. And all of a sudden she starts thinking that she needs to lock somebody down before her fertility window closes. And she's, you know, painting these terrible pictures in her mind of becoming an old cat lady with wine and dying alone. I'll be honest. That's, that's true. That does happen to women. Um, as they get older, that's, that's a sign usually of, Hey, nobody locked her down. And it makes you wonder why it's like, okay, so you're single at age 35. What's the deal? Like, why did no one want you right now? You can't make that as a generalization about all women. Like none of this stuff can apply to all women. Me personally, I've seen plenty of women that are late twenties, early, late thirties, even forties, and they're single, but it's because maybe they've been through something. Maybe they were just really picky and they're waiting on a really good man. Maybe they're secure in being single. They've been in a bad relationship and they've learned and grown from it. And now they're just waiting for the right opportunity. And frankly, guys, those types of women are typically a big advantage. Okay. Those types of women are actually very attractive in their own right because, <laughs> my man, they're going to save you some gray hairs. They know what to appreciate. They know what they care about and what they don't. And um, oftentimes they're ready to be an amazing wife a lot quicker and easier than fresh off the block chicks, if you get what I'm saying. So is the wall a thing? Kind of, yeah especially for women who are not secure in who they are. And as Proverbs 31 says, charm is deceitful and beauty fades. It does, guys. It does. But I don't want to get too explicit here. Sexual attractiveness and quality of sex are two different things. I'm just going to leave it at that, boys. I'm going to leave it at that. All right, moving on from the wall. Number six, the red pill talks about this kind of double standard where men should sleep around. They should be very sexual experienced and, you know, have all these hoes in the rotation, but it's this double standard because they want women to be these 
trad wife virgins and have low body counts, right? Can we just pause and take a moment to acknowledge how messed up it is that we call it body counts? Like it's some sort of a, a race. It's so ridiculous. Anyways, that one's a sensitive topic. Um, <laughs> like the other ones haven't been, right? This one's a sensitive topic because it's 100% true in some cases or in some ways. So let's talk about it. The, the, the essence of the statement is that a woman with, you know, that she slept with 30 guys or 15 guys or whatever it is, is going to have less value as a relationship partner than a man who has done the same, right? So you got, you've got a man who slept with 15 women, you got a woman who slept with 15 men, and the idea is, is that the man's value is not as diminished by his body count as the woman's is. Okay, let's address that from a couple different perspectives. Number one, a biblical perspective, and this is the most important perspective. Biblically speaking, guys, promiscuity is bad. It doesn't matter if you're a man or if you're a woman. So yeah, that's false. You know, body count, like if you're a man, that doesn't give you license to be promiscuous. All right, if you're a woman, it doesn't mean that you've sinned in the eyes of God more than a man has if you're promiscuous. Okay, so that's that's nonsense. I want to get that out of the way. The controversial part is, is that it absolutely does matter from an attraction standpoint. Okay, I get you can be a born again virgin, and guys, serial killers can be born again too. Okay, but actions have consequences. All right, if you're a born again virgin, that's fantastic, good for you, but. If during your days of promiscuity, you got pregnant and had a kid, you can't just hit the Jesus button and the kid disappears. Like you still did what you did. All right. And those things have consequences. The reason why it's different, there's multiple reasons why it's different. I'm not going to get into everything, but to put it simply, whenever a man has sex, he can do the deed, maybe rinse himself off. And he's out of there. He's good to go. He might forget about it the next day. All right. The man is like a key. Okay. The key enters the lock, does its thing, and then goes away. That's what a key does. All right. There are master keys out there. Like if you're in an apartment complex, for example, the maintenance guy, he doesn't have 500 keys for each door. He has one key. And that key can open any lock in the apartment complex. That key is very valuable. Why? Well, because it has power, right? In the same way, a man that can sleep with a lot of different women is seen as a powerful man, right? There's biological reasons for that. There are sort of the pre-selective attraction reasons for that, right? There's a saying in the red pill space as well that women want what other women want. And that's true. So a man, a key that can open any lock is valuable. But think about this. A lock that any key can open is useless. All right. I'm not saying women are useless. That's not what I said. The analogy doesn't work perfectly, but it is true. A lock that any key can open is a useless lock. And I would only ever put that lock on something that I didn't think was very valuable. Right. And again, this is Women and men, you know, women want to be equal to men, and that's great, but it's impossible because you're not the same. Women and men are not the same. You really want to be equal to me? You want to have my same testosterone? Is that what you really want? Because then we can be equal. 
Equalness can only happen if you're the same, right? If I go bench press against another guy, we can be equal or we can be unequal because we're both bench pressing. But if I'm bench pressing and he's squatting, then we can't be equal because we're not doing the same thing, right? I don't want boobs. I'm pretty sure you don't want my sex drive. I definitely don't want your hormone cycle, all right? We are not the same. So let's get that out of the way. And sex is not the same for men and women, okay? Like I said before, the man, he can get in, get out, do the deed, call it a night, forget about it the next day. Men see sex a lot like pizza. If you're hungry, pizza's great. There's good pizza, there's bad pizza, it's all pizza, all right? This is not even in the same ballpark for women. Guys, I know there's condoms. I know the birth control pill was invented. I know about plan B. I know, I know that stuff, okay? It doesn't undo millennia of biology, okay? It doesn't undo that stuff. Whenever a woman has sex, she opens her body. She, she is a lock that yields to the key, right? She opens up and she accepts a man's DNA inside of her. His bloodline, his imprint is upon her. There's a lot of studies about pair bonding that happens during sex that affects women way more than men, as it should. It makes sense. He can walk away. You could potentially have a baby inside of you after this event. All right. So when a woman opens up her body to multiple men, multiple times, and seems to do it in sort of a indiscriminate fashion, where it's like, wow, she'll, she'll really have sex with anybody. Whenever you start to lean into that sort of a persona as a woman, what it communicates to men, I'm not saying this is right, but what it communicates to men is my body is not worth my protection. What I'm protecting is not valuable. Any key can open me. I'm easy, right? And it doesn't communicate the same thing when a man is promiscuous. It communicates, hey, I'm a key that can open any lock. I am high value. That's what it communicates. All right. Again, from an attraction perspective, not from a moral perspective, not from a biblical perspective, but from an attraction perspective. And guys, this is a tale as old as time. The elites of today, the elite men, they have multiple women, whether you know about it or not. All right. The elite men of even biblical times had multiple wives and concubines. It's a sign of power. Okay. It's not the same with women. We are not the same. I'm sorry about it. Now, I'm going to pull back from that one just a little bit. That doesn't mean that if you're a woman with a past that you are used goods, okay? What it means is you're going to have to show by your character that that is no longer you and that you do value what you have and that you are a woman of discretion, right? That you are not easy, that you have something to protect, Okay. And that's very possible. And I think um, I would totally be open to a woman with a past. You know, I think would I draw the line somewhere? I mean, yeah, good grief. Absolutely, I would. And you should too. But that's not a deal breaker as long as it is not a reflection of who she is currently. All right. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is myself. This show is actually a part of the Narrow Way Man brand, which is my online outlet to provide wisdom, motivation, and practical guidance for modern men. 
I've been blessed to take part in incredible transformations and breakthroughs with younger and middle-aged men who are in a season of crisis or a season of stagnation and are ready to make a big change, but are fed up with trying irrelevant churchy principles or recycled secular strategies that are void of biblical foundations. If you are a man who is truly ready to take responsibility and break out of your current plateau, there is a link in the show notes to apply for a coaching program. Thanks again for listening, and let's get back to the show. That's enough on body count. Number seven, this idea of alphas and betas. And guys, that's 100% true. I refer to that as kind of like Chad's and Cody's or bad boys and nice guys. And we kind of referred to this earlier, but what a woman wants is different than what she needs. And as a woman matures, she will start to prioritize what she needs over what she wants. What a woman needs is, and this is biological guys, I'm not saying that modern boss babes technically need this, but for thousands and thousands of years, what women needed was someone to provide for her and protect her. What she wanted, as always wanted, is strength and power and, you know, sexiness, essentially. What, what will typically happen nowadays is she will be attracted to the man who makes her feel some kind of way and who's this kind of alpha male, powerful male. And then she will settle for a guy who gives her what she needs, which is stability, a good father to her children, right? Typically, a woman will want a certain flavor of man to provide the seed for her children and a different flavor of man to actually raise them, if that makes sense. The man that she wants to have kids with is not the man she wants to raise kids with, all right? That's the difference between the alpha and the beta. That's the difference between Chad and Cody. Chad is great to date. He makes her feel some kind of way, but he's probably not the best father. He might cheat on her. He might run away. He might not be there when she needs him. Whereas Cody, <laughs> Cody's always been there. <laughs> Cody's not going anywhere. All right. He's also not super attractive, if we're being honest, because he swallowed the blue pill and cut his balls off and sanded away his masculine edge. That sounds all very doom and gloom, and I apologize. Yes, there are good men out there, right? There are men that are both strong in aggression and strong in restraint. That's the key. Chad and Cody only have one. There are men out there with both. So don't lose heart um, if you're a woman listening to this. But it's very true. And um, if you're a man listening to this and you're a Chad, if you're more of the bad boy, promiscuous type that does not draw inside the lines then I would wager you are either not in a long-term relationship or you are having trouble being faithful or you're having trouble keeping the long-term relationship, right? That's probably where you're at. If you're a Cody, more of the, I'm going to draw inside the lines. I've got pretty good handwriting for a guy and I do my taxes on time. I have a nice W-2 job. If you're Cody, then um, you're probably in a long-term relationship or you're in a friend zone situation. And if you're in a long-term relationship, there was probably a nice like phase where, you know, things were great and the attraction was high, but you're probably out of that by now. If you're married, so the sex is not probably what you thought it would be or what it was. And um, your woman may struggle with keeping attraction to you. Okay. This is all real red pill stuff. And it's not like it came from the red pill. The red pill just codified it. The red pill just acknowledged it. And that's in one case, it's because you don't have restraint, the chads, if you will. And in the other case, it's because you don't have aggression and you don't make her feel some kind of way. That's why I uh, work with men is I help them get 
kind of balanced in those aspects. Number eight, red pill teachings is this idea that men should never get married, right? Here's the thing, having been married myself, terrible experience. A lot of red pill things, doom and gloom kind of things happened during that marriage, to say it lightly. So speaking as one who has the scars of burn injuries, I will tell you the don't get married thing is a very attractive as a belief because it will keep you safe. Not getting married keeps a man safe from the risks of the American legal system, which favors women in divorces. It keeps you safe financially as well. Um, I guess that's part of a divorce where it's like, you know, she spends your money, you make the money, and then she gets fed up and leaves and takes half and you're or more, and, and then you're left back at ground zero. Yeah, that sucks. But that is the most cowardly, not masculine way to handle that. Okay. The reason marriages fail is because one or both parties wants them to fail. And they may not consciously acknowledge that, but they've they've opted out of healthy marriages through their actions. Okay. If I do find a woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with, she feels the same way about me, I'm gonna get married again. And I'm not gonna let fear stop me because it's more about your partner selection than it is uh, the risk. And guys, if you believe all this red pill stuff, if you swallow all this stuff hook, line, and sinker, and you're not able to transcend your own nature, and you don't think that women can transcend their natures, then yeah, don't get married. Why would you? If you believe all this stuff as described, as advertised, yeah, marriage would be a terrible idea. Uh, there's this other idea that like, yeah, she's not yours, it's just your turn. So don't get married. I mean, yeah, that can be true. If you're dealing with a broken woman. And a lot of red pill guys are broken men, and so that's who they attract. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number nine, women don't care about the struggle. They wait at the finish line for the winners. From an attraction standpoint, the women really don't care if you're going through a hard time. They really don't care if life sucks for you. Um, they're just gonna wait, and whoever comes out on top, that's who they're gonna end up with. And guys, that's 100% true from an attraction basis, right? If you're not, if you're single and you're just out here and you're like hustling and you're working in the shadows and all these things, yeah, dude, women don't care about that. Sorry. By the way, nobody cares. Like if we're being real, your mom cares, which is nice. Um, but yeah, nobody else cares. And yeah, you're going to be rich and you're going to be wealthy and that's going to be great. And you're going to have this business. You're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to get jacked. You're going to do all these things. That's fantastic. Nobody cares. Uh, and women definitely don't care. They will wait at the finish line and whoever actually does the thing is the one who is gonna get the girl, all right? One caveat to that is um, if it's very obvious that you are demonstrating your potential, like you are on the come up, if you have positive momentum, that's enough. If they can see that you're you know, a powerful horse in the race, a powerful dog in the fight, then yeah, that's enough. And if you guys are hitting it off, yeah, that'll work. It doesn't have to be a finish line kind of deal. And that's been the case with a lot of uh, celebrities, big love stories, marriages, like Ronaldo comes to mind, big footballer, right? He's came up from the bottom with the same woman and is loyal to her and she to him. And she got with him, you know, before he was successful. Um, there's a lot of stories like that. So what's the solution to all this, right? Guys with the red pill, you really have to be careful. If you don't have a healthy masculine man in your life that is mentoring you, coaching you, teaching you, 
If you're not following some really based accounts on the gram, if you're not listening to this podcast, then the red pill is going to be sort of this mixed bag of help and hurt for you. A saying I like is 99% true is still 100% false. And it is what it sounds like, right? Like red pill has a lot of truth. I wouldn't give it 99%, but it has a lot of truth. It's still 100% false, right? It's either it's either right or it's wrong. And the red pill is wrong. It's not 100% true. So it's definitely 100% false um, because it's a void of Christ. It's a void of the ability of men and women to supersede their own natures. The red pill is also, it's, it's also a very sad place to be because, as I said before, it's aimed at the disenfranchised and the hurt. And it doesn't actually fix the problems. It doesn't actually heal them. It helps them use and abuse broken women is what it does. The profiteers of that economy are taking advantage of fear and frustration and disenfranchised men. Okay. And they're giving them some of the solution, but not all of it. And they're making them pay money. And these guys just get angry and bitter. Right. And they don't end up having happy, healthy relationships. They end up having kind of this doomer mindset about women where they're, they're never going to succeed and they're never going to win. Or they just use and abuse women like Andrew Tate, like Justin Waller, et cetera, et cetera. As a whole, red pill is a net negative. What's the real solution? Is The real solution, guys, is you learn to be a good man. If you learn to be a good man, you don't have to codify all these special words like dread and frame and monkey branching and you know all these concepts of attraction. If you're a good man, you don't have to think about all that stuff, right? There'll be guys that sell you dating courses and how to have game and all this stuff and like riz and flirtation advice and all these things. Guys, all that stuff does is gives you confidence. The reason that stuff works is not because it's so great, but it's because it gives you confidence. Okay. Confidence is power. Power is what women are attracted to. You can go up to a woman and say some sort of fancy pickup line and you can say it with confidence and it'll work. Or you can go up to her and say, hey, do you like potatoes? And say it with confidence, and it will work. I'm not even kidding. If she's into you, if she likes your vibe, you can go up to a woman and say just about anything and start a conversation and go from there. I'm not I'm not kidding. They want to sell you these courses and these things, and sure, buy them. Do whatever you want. But guys, what you're really buying is confidence. And the danger that I would caution you of is whenever you invest in, you know, some new red pill thing or like some dating advice or whatever it is, what you're really trying to do, my man, is prop up your own confidence. Okay. And if you're, if you're propping up your confidence with these tactics and tricks, it might land you a woman, but it won't keep you one. And it won't be a healthy, sustainable thing for you to build your confidence around. If you want to have success with women whether it be in dating or in a long-term relationship, you need to become a better man. If you tend to struggle with restraining yourself and you're more of the bad boy, uh, sow my wild oats, promiscuous kind of guy, you got to work on restraint. You got to work on your moral compass, okay? If you struggle with aggression and you're kind of the Cody, you're kind of the tame blue pill nice guy that swallowed the Disney Channel lie that if I just clean my act up and I'm a good little boy, everything will work out. If you if you've swallowed that lie and you find yourself in the friend zone or you find yourself in a dead bedroom and you know things are not how they used to be, 
then you got to tap back into that inner dog. You got to get back in touch with aggression. All right. That's pretty much it, guys. Obviously, the how to's and the what to do's are more unique to each individual, but um, that's kind of the general guidelines. Obviously, underpinned by morality, groundedness in God, all that good stuff. But that's the solution. It's not red pill, it's not the doom and gloom, even though they make some good points. Thanks for joining me today on the path. I hope to walk with you again soon. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll probably never know unless you drop me a five-star review, write me a little something nice like this guy explained the red pill better than anybody I've ever heard. That would be kind of cool, just saying. And if you hate me after this, I'd love to hear that as well. Write that in as well. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.